0: My name is Amanda McBain. I'm one of the co-producers and co-directors of Boy State.
1: Hi, I'm Jesse Moss and I'm the co-director co-producer of Boy State.
2: Skip skipped the part where I brag for three minutes about how great and cool I am, seeing as we are all qualified young men of skill and character. People like that stuff. Good, yeah. People like that stuff a lot.
3: Some people say they're a sports junkie. I say I'm a politics junkie. The harder the conflict,
4: the more glorious the triumph. I'm playing this like a game. I would like very much to win. I love it, boys. I love it. Where are you from? I come from a very modest family. Uh, I'm on the course to be the first one to graduate from high school. I'm a progressive person, and I'm in a room full of mostly conservative people. Our masculinity shall not be infringed. I've never seen so many white people ever. I feel like everybody has a secret underlying need for bipartisanship.
3: A message of unity, as good as it sounds, is not winning anyone any elections
4: primary polls are now open. Get yourselves ready for a turbulent election. <laughs> Whatever happens to you, best of luck. You win, I support you fully. My name is Steven Garza, and I'm running for governor. Let's get some applause because... As to the political views voiced in my speech, sometimes you gotta say what you gotta say in an attempt to win. I think he's a fantastic politician. But I don't think a fantastic politician is a compliment either. We're gonna do shock and awe. It's gonna be awesome.
3: I want y'all to take out your phones and go on Instagram, everyone, come on. Oh my God.
4: Well, we show the world what patriots are made of. That when things get tough, we ourselves by our bootstraps one nation under god lovers of the constitution of the united states of america
5: that's politics i think that's politics that is the trailer for the award-winning apple and a24 documentary boys state and
2: welcome to a special presidential election edition of factual america Actual America is produced by Alamo Pictures, a production company specializing in documentaries, television, and shorts about the USA for an international audience. I'm your host, Matthew Sherwood, and every week we look at America through the lens of documentary filmmaking by interviewing filmmakers and experts on the American experience. Subscribe to our mailing list or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Alamo Pictures to be the first to hear about new productions, to find out where you can see our films and to connect with our team.
5: On November 3rd, Americans are heading to the polls. Will they reelect Donald Trump or will they opt for a change and vote for Joe Biden? We can't say either way with any certainty. What we can say is that America is a polarized society. And whatever the result, the politics of division are here to stay, so it seems. That division and polarization are captured brilliantly in Boys State, the Sundance Jury Prize winner from filmmakers Amanda McBain and Jesse Moss. Despite the hand-me-down politics of their parents and grandparents, can a bunch of Texas teenage boys provide hope and point the way ahead? We found out when we caught up recently with Amanda and Jesse from their home in California. Amanda McBain and Jesse Moss, Welcome to Factual America. Amanda and Jesse, how are things with you? Not too
1: bad. You know, we're um, headed into the election here in a few days, so on pins
5: and needles, but otherwise good. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, that's one reason we've got you on, I think. Uh, But uh, before we get to that, um, just uh, want to say thank you again for coming on. Um, You've got Quite an incredible back catalog, but uh, we are talking about your film Boy State, uh, which uh, Peter Travers of the Rolling Stone says, a brilliant new documentary on an annual mock government event offers a sobering, exhilarating look at the state of our nation. I would say it's an instant classic, Uh, Grand Grand Jury Prize winner at Sundance back in February, which seems like eons ago. Uh, I saw it on Apple Plus, um, and I believe we're a UK-based podcast, and I think it's even got a limited release right now. I think it's in Curzon Cinemas, if if I'm not mistaken. So thanks so much for coming onto the um, uh, podcast. Uh, just so you know, uh, listeners, we're recording this on October twenty eighth. 2020, so six days away from the election, and this releases our usual release date is a Tuesday, and this will be released on Tuesday, November third, election day in the U.S. So um, we we've been wanting to get you guys on for a while, and it seemed like the most appropriate, as I hope our listeners will realize soon, uh, film to have uh, have released on on the third. So. Um, Amanda and Jesse, Jesse, enough of my talking. Uh, what a ride you've must have been on these last uh, eight months or so. It's, it's definitely been a
1: ride, many chapter. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's exciting. It's it, To have a political film in a political moment that's so charged is a little nerve wracking. Um, but actually, it's been a really healthy way for us to engage in this political process that we're consumed by. Um, because the film talks about all these big questions that we're Mm. interested in, but I think finds a kind of sideways angle um, to confront them. And that's kind of been healthier for us than being consumed by all these clickbait articles about Donald Trump. There's only so
5: much of that that anything, yeah. any one human being can absorb. Yes, indeed. Um. Now, I, I think it's a log line I saw on IMDb. A uh, 1017 17-year-old boys from Texas joined together to build a representative government from the ground up. I think it's a great log line. I'm not sure if it's necessarily one that would necessarily grab people's attention or think this is uh, uh, an, you know, going to be this amazing doc. But maybe you can give us a synopsis of this film for those who haven't had a chance to, uh, to watch it yet.
0: Sure. I mean, Jesse and I were... I think in um, like a lot of people trying to make sense of the Trump's election in 2016 um, and trying to really uh, think about how our country had become so divided and Mm -hmm. so polarized um, and trying to imagine where we were headed next. This was all the way back in 2000, early 2017. We read this article about the Texas voice state program, um, that year um, having voted to secede from the union which was kind of wild and crazy but also we had not known about the program so this was news for us that this existed boys and girls state are uh, their programs sponsored by the american legion in the united states each state has one where as you said uh, kids come together and build a government from the ground up from scratch and we thought wow that's kind of a wild space, really, where people Mm. who have such different politics are coming together to talk uh, face-to-face. That's a very rare space and probably rare every day that's gone by since 2017.
1: A little bit like the Stanford prison experiment, except for government. I think that was the opportunity (laughs) here to see the kind of controlled experiment looking at democracy as played by 17-year-old Boys in Texas. And it's, I think there's an element of the film that, you're right, the log line sounds maybe a bit abstract, or you can't mm. quite make sense of it. But we went in very much planning to make a coming of age movie, kind of a classic coming of age it's movie. We actually looked at the work of Richard Linklater, Dazed and Confused, which of That's course it. is a scripted yeah. film. But, but um, anybody going in to talk to Texas teenagers needs to look at that film. And I think, um, you know, we, we knew that this was a playful space, but also a serious space. And we liked that tension. And the film is entertaining, it's a comedy, you laugh, but it's also a little bit terrifying and I think a little bit hopeful too.
5: Hey, for transparency's sake, I'm a native Texan born and raised and uh, Dazed and F- Confused come to mind a few times. Uh, you've got a few characters that are straight out of that film, I think. Uh, but uh, back to Boys State, I mean, you know, there's some amazing alumni here, Bill Clinton, Dick Cheney. Uh, not even just politics, uh, Tom Brokaw, Garth Brooks, even Al Jarreau, of all people. I mean, what is, uh, what? I mean, I, th- I think you've alluded to it already, but what is Boys and Girls State? They've both been going on since 1937.
1: Well, it's, that's right. It's actually deeply, deeply woven through the fabric of American life and has been for 80 years, but it's kind of hiding in plain sight um, in that um, unless you went to the program, it's, it's not something you would know about or necessarily even talk about. Um, and yet I think it's really an important launch pad for young people who have ambitions in politics, be they young men or young women, because there is a girl state program too, they just keep them separate and it's, sponsored by the American Legion, which is a military veterans organization, which has always been a little bit conservative. And so the program is itself a little bit conservative. You see that in our film, mm-hmm. um, a lot of white conservative-
0: Particularly in Texas.
1: Texas teenagers. Yeah. But but that's also provides, I think in our story, a really interesting tension in that we're looking at some of the newer, more progressive voices coming into this conversation. Um, so, um, and it's a place where people who have ambitions in politics, like Bill Clinton, who became president, uh, uh, went through that and I think sort of catapulted them into the real thing, as it were. That's, we weren't so focused on discovering the next Bill Clinton, really just wanting to know how teenage boys were processing um, politics and the health of, our, of democracy um, and sort of how fixed they were in their own ideologies.
3: It's a little early to start running for governor, don't you think? We don't even have a party formed yet. You don't have any support in the
4: primaries. No, but if you have to start early. You, have to start
3: you don't have system. to start this early. What do you
4: believe in? Uh, my views will most likely align with the party for the majority of them. I want to hear open debates. So
3: in other words, you're waiting for the party to come up with an opinion, and then you're going to go with the party. What do you stand for, though? Like, I stand for freedom. You stand for freedom. It's a bold policy.
5: You've explained how, because uh, I was going to ask you later, I mean, but you've explained how you've got, it was ended up being Texas and, um, and how you got into, you know, this became an idea for a film. But uh, I mean, what happens in that week, they, I mean, Texas is a naturally conservative state. So it's going to be even if you just draw from the population, according to the demographics, you're going to end up with a, a pretty conservative um, group of boys. Uh, they're all boys. That's another element. Um, but they divide into two parties, right? Regardless of ideology, it's kind of random that they just ha- split them into halves, right? That they then form these Federalist and Nationalist parties.
0: That's right. That's one of the first things that happens. They do get divided into two value agnostic um, parties. One's called the federalist, and one called the, one is called the Nationalists and it's randomly assigned. So, um, I will say that the program I'm not sure it does actually represent the demographics of Texas both politically and in every Mm -hmm. other way um, because it does draw very heavily uh, as a kind of old older program and also just legacy of, of, of where the Legion halls are situated. They do draw Mm -hmm. heavily from um, rural counties and um, they are trying to, at least in Texas, push towards uh, the next chapter and kind of, 21st century representation of mm-hmm. how Texas looks today and tomorrow. Um, but the, the parties are really interesting because almost from the get go, and this is before they even build their platforms, uh, the kids have already aligned with their group um, mm-hmm. in a kind of it's like a, you know, instant tribal uh, face off. And that's before anybody has discussed what they're actually standing for. And that, that, Kind of energy was really interesting to be confronted with almost right away.
5: Okay. And what I, what, I mean, what struck me as well is that, because uh, I I had heard of Boy State, I knew, I went to high school with, I think a boy, um, Stephen Portnoy, if you're listening, I, I think you went to Boy State. Um, <laughs> um, um, that it always struck me that it wasn't so much national issues like Model UN or, some, or international ones, but it was more sort of almost a simulation kind of thing. But what struck me is watching this one, at least in 2018, or whenever you've w- recorded this, um, the issues are very national. I think Peter Travers put it well as these hand-me-down issues, it almost feels like they've taken on their parents or somebody's uh, political viewpoints and adopted them without, in some ways, even thinking about it. I mean, that both left and right to a degree. Um, And maybe it's because they're just 17-year-old, 16, 17-year-old boys. That's what's so interesting about it is these boys are half-formed.
1: They're not grown up yet. And so they're trying things on. They're putting on a performance. Mm -hmm. They're sort of trying out their own politics. They're taking other politics and seeing how they sound in a room. And I think that as a controlled experiment, you see coursing through this big and unruly group, Mm -hmm. these powerful issues that we're gripped by, not just in our country, but you know, in the UK, immigration, guns, right. um, you know, hot button topics like abortion. I mean, of course, they debate sort of whatever they choose to debate. That's the wonderful thing about it. The adults are not saying you need to talk about this, that and the other thing. And so right. they begin the week talking about banning cargo shorts and sending Prius drivers to the state of Oklahoma. And it's <laughs> kind of hilarious. And we have a good laugh. And you think, is this all it's going to be is a joke. But actually, what you see in the film, what happens is the boys start to kind of find their serious side. And they start to actually take on things like tax reform and gun reform. And um, unlikely candidates bubble to the surface. Yes. And that's what
5: you see in our film. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I mean, one thing that did strike me is, I imagine it's like society in general. I mean, you're going to have a few people who show up to, a few boys who show up to this and think it's a week to have a, have a good time and a, and a laugh. And then there's a those of us who take things really seriously, and uh, as you say, um, there's some interesting um, and uh, interesting candidates that come to the fore. I mean, this, this all culminates in a gubernatorial election, doesn't it?
0: Yes. So there's not just the legislature sort of working out bills or um, two parties forming their platforms. There's also electoral politics. So yes, there is the working out of what you believe in, but then there's also the working out of what you believe is the right way to get elected. And that's the other sort of drama that unfolds in the, in, in what we filmed, which is a real kind of epic battle between um, leadership styles. And mm-hmm. that is a really interesting fact and sort of the moral choices that kids make um, when they're learning by doing their way through government and, um, elections.
1: And how do you, you know, you you have a powerful minority or you have a a powerful middle, which we have in this country too, that can decide an election. You know, you have your hardcore left, your hardcore right, and then this group in the middle, it's going to decide an election. And how do you mobilize them? How do you reach that? How do you win a majority? And can you stand on your principles? Do you have to lie? That's what some people do in our film. Mm -hmm. Um, And Watching young people negotiate these decisions really kind of reflects back on our national politics and our national leadership. And I think that's kind of where the interesting conversation for an audience comes, is sort of extrapolating what the film has to say to this bigger,
5: more important conversation. Uh, indeed. And um, um, but one thing that also struck me, uh, maybe this is directed to Amanda, there's a lot of testosterone in that room. <laughs> how, did all, how did you yeah. all man- manage with that?
0: Uh, I mean, I think that's part of what made it interesting, frankly, is there's so few spaces like that that I've ever been, I've never been in a space like that, actually. And um, to, to have a window on boyhood uh, in 2018, the way that we did was sort of something that I don't think we thought about as like a reason to going to make this film, but something that we then recognized we had once we got there, um, and i came with a certain set of expectations about what i was going to see and to some degree i i had those expectations met there was a certain level of um uh, toxic masculinity i sh- i could see mm. even say but certainly lord of the flies um <laughs> in, in 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 a way that um didn't surprise me and then as jesse mentioned as the week went by all kinds of different things got built all kinds of alliances were made all kinds of um, people you hadn't expected to rise to the top rose to the top, and that was a real lesson, and I, or maybe a reminder for me that you, that there's a lot more going on out there in terms of, um, you know, people's need for empathic leadership, for instance. That that is true to seventeen-year-old boys too, and um, I, I that was a really special uh, takeaway for me from spending a week with this group.
1: I mean, it's not just a contest of political ideologies and of personalities, but of masculine identities. Mm. Uh, and that was so interesting to see two starkly different identities, one of empathy, one of compassion, and one of kind of militarized strength. And I, I think, you know, you don't need to look far to see that replicated in the Biden-Trump contest, sort of eerie. I think how what we saw anticipated this moment, maybe it's inevitable um, because we know that there are politicians who preach to our dreams and our hopes and those who play to our fears and our divisions. And we see that sort of naturally replicate itself at Boys State and kind of confirming what we wanted to investigate, which was to what extent are these norms of behavior that we see in Washington, D.C. kind of trickling down and and you could say,
5: kind of contaminating the pool for young people. Okay. Um, I think that takes us to a good point for maybe an early break for our listeners. So, um, let's, let's do that now. And we will be back with
2: Amanda and Jesse after a few moments. You're listening to Factual America. Subscribe to our mailing list or follow us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter at Alamo Pictures to keep up to date with new releases or upcoming shows. Check out the show notes to learn more about the program, our guests and the team behind the production. Now back to Factual America.
4: Definitely my upbringing has led to where I am today. My mom worked at a gas station. She was undocumented for a time. She is what I think the American dream should be. An immigrant who started from the bottom, worked her way up, and is living a a okay life in America. I am third oldest. I'm the first one to get past freshman year of high school. Uh, I'm on the course to be the first one to graduate from high school. So it's almost like uh, I have to succeed. You know, a parent telling you that they're proud of you is one of the most amazing things you could ever hear in your entire life.
5: Welcome back to Factual America. I'm here with Amanda McBain and Jesse Moss, co-directors and co-producers of Boys State, a revolution in verite filmmaking, says Variety. Um, I just want to pinpoint a question here. How the hell did you get this film made? Is what kept coming to me while I was watching this. You've already talked about the idea. You've already said why it was Texas, um, this article. But uh, if this is cinema verite, I mean, you're, you're working with 1100 potential subjects. How did you do this? I think
1: films are really acts of levitation and particularly a film like this. Um, if, looking back, there's sort of no rational path to getting it made, mm. finding the people who would be our stars dealing with this enormous cast, covering all of this story that was unscripted in the moment. Um, but that's also what we love about documentary filmmaking. You just sort of have to find a will and a way to, to, to make it, if you believe in it. And we had actually no idea whether there would even be a story here um, because we'd never been to the program. We just saw some pictures, we read a story. But um, that's also exciting. And we first, we, we found young men who we thought were infinitely compelling. These four guys in the movie are just fascinating, they're smart, they're ambitious, they're complicated, they're vulnerable, they're sort of everything you'd want in any movie subject. And we just kind of yoked our giant production train to, to them and they pulled us along. <laughs> and you know, we we had a financing partner, we've never had that on a verit cinema veritable. Veri- cinema Veri- <laughs> Veri- film. And because usually you can never get persuade anybody to believe in your, your folly, your dream, your Fitzgeraldo. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> of pushing a boat up a hill and um, but we did manage to bamboozle Concordia studio into financing the movie and uh, they believed in it in it our crazy idea and that allowed us to bring together this incredible team of cinematographers um, who are the best practitioners of cinema verite that we know in the world frankly um, and they all kind of brought their a-game and and we paired them up with their characters. We said, you follow Robert, you follow Steven, you follow Mm -hmm. Renee. And we were sort of the generals kind of trying to oversee this unwieldy army of production. But um, it's very different than the way we're used to working, which is one man band, you know, long months and months and months and months. This was like a hurricane. That's what
4: Amanda says.
0: Well, the stakes were high. We had to capture it or we had nothing.
4: We had no movie. My grandmother told me a few things. You have to have faith, hope, and a bit of a pissed-off attitude. I want to be civil and represent a whole working body. And we're going to take the example of a plain body. It has two wings, a left one and a right one. We're not going to pick one. We're going to stay in the middle because we're not an intolerable party. We're one that is palatable to all. And so as long as we're able to keep this plane afloat with a healthy right wing and a healthy left wing, we have the ability and the capability to pummel any Federalist into the ground because we are the only party that's worth voting for because it's this party that's going to represent every individual. (laughs) Vote for me for your state chair.
5: I mean you mentioned you already made alluded to the the what i guess are the four main characters, but uh, how did you know to f- to whom to focus on because some of them you've got footage of them from even before they got to uh boy State if I recall correctly i mean uh, how did was that just luck did you uh, how were you able to screen or identify your your, your best bets for subjects?
0: We knew um, as we mentioned that this program was going to be intense and finite. And because it moved so quickly, we didn't want to be casting on the fly for something that important and that immersive. So we spent about three months before the event, um, going all around Texas. Um, we had 1,100 people to talk to and, and we didn't talk to all of them, but we tried to. Um, and it was a lot of, um, spending time with kids in their rooms, in their houses, meeting their families, seeing them play their instruments, talk about whatever team they play. I mean, you know, you just, you, you feel your way through. We did know that we needed to find the kids we thought would be able to do well in this sort of contest. Um, and that meant kids who were going to be ambitious and go for governor. That meant kids who knew something about politics and, um, either because they'd worked in politics or because they had great knowledge of it, or all of them, by the way, the people we picked have a real uh, history buffs. And that was part of what attracted us to them too. Um, But we also, because it's a film like, and we'd heard that this event could be a kind of crucible. We did want people who were vulnerable enough, sort of flexible enough in who they were to potentially have a transformation in this period, this sort of brief period of time. And that's a certain somebody that's really like strong enough to do well, but also open enough to like, you know, be willing to change. I think that um, we kind of, we did get lucky though in the fact that the four people we really held tightly onto um, did all of those things (laughs) and we were there to film it.
5: Well, well done you. I mean, I think you, if if we need people to identify the political stars of the future, you may be the ones to go around America <laughs> to, go f- to find them. But uh, I mean, uh, not to name names, we are only t- we're talking about only you know sixteen year boys. But did you have more than four? Did you have a few that ended up kind of falling by the wayside because they didn't? Uh, not too many. We we had a couple that we had our eye on beforehand, um, who we had we had, with we and had met them. and filmed yeah.
1: with, and we thought you might you might amount to something here at Boy State, and they just didn't um, because that's what happened. So. I think, um, you know, our instincts were good, our luck was good. Um, I think, look, it's also no secret that, you you know, we have 16-year-olds who are leading political movements around the world, too. These people are ready. They're not waiting. They're ready to help fix this giant mess that we're in here. And they have a kind of moral authority that a lot of adults seem to have abdicated. Um, And also they showed at Boys State, of all places, which is a little bit conservative, as we've talked Mm -hmm. about, you know, we have these heroes in our film who are politically progressive, one's a Bernie Sanders supporter, Um, one's a a Black Lives Matter activist. They managed to not only find their own voice, but to find connection and common cause with this conservative group. And they did that not by abandoning their principles, but by finding common ground and doing something that adults in Washington certainly cannot do. How do they do, what's the secret sauce? I don't know. Partly it's maybe they just don't have the baggage. They're not so fixed in their identities and their politics. They are just growing up in a different time. They feel the threats of climate change and gun violence in acute ways that adults simply do not. We're insulated from this stuff. And I love, that made us hopeful. I mean, there's Dirty tricks and the dark arts of politics in our movie too. You see that, but um, we saw a lot that was really hopeful.
5: Yeah, I think um, um, I've often said I, I tell I've got some Gen Zers as children. I always tell them that they're the ones that are going to save the world, uh, and I really, I really mean that actually. Uh, and I think this film um, maybe oddly because I know some people. Well, we can get to this in a minute, but some people are not, you, you see some of the online comments and everything. I think some people are still taken aback by this film, but I don't think they really understand kind of uh, that there is this underlying message of, of hope um, in this film. Um, I mean, you said you fo- we focus on the four boys, Steve Garza, Robert McDougall, Renee Ortero, uh, Ben Feinstein. Um, all very in- in- interesting. I mean, I noticed um, Ben's from my hometown. Um, San Antonio? Yep. So I saw uh, recently he's been uh, interviewed by a San Antonio paper that says his views have changed over the last few years, as you've kind of alluded to. Uh, he was only 17 then. He's now in his, what, maybe 20? Um, and he's, things seem, he's starting to take a more nuanced view of the world. Is that, have you kept in touch with the, uh, the other subjects as well?
0: Oh, yeah. They're a big part of our life, um, actually. we Going all the way back to sharing a rough cut of the film, um, You know, it's important for us that we, we're making a film with these people, particularly they're young people, and they are changing and growing. Um, and then they were all with us at our premiere in Sundance in January, and then since then they've been touring with us and the film and sharing it on uh, Zoom and everything else. Um, but yes, they're all... They're now in they're sophomores in college um you know I don't know how much Ben's actually his political views have changed, but I, I do know how much he has reflected now on his actions at boy state um where he was he was part of a kind of win at all cost um mm-hmm strategy, um, zero-sum game of politics, I think in watching the film and then also in experiencing our country being two years older and kind of further into this fragile space that we find ourselves in, um, he's a deep patriot. And I think he understands, okay, you may win by doing everything in your power when it all costs, you know, kind of gamesmanship. But once you get that power, then you've got a damaged body politic and then what, right? And I think he's sort of now having seen the other side um, of the event because he never really met Stephen Garza and Renee, um, seeing Mm. them humanized and also seeing some of the kind of effects, personal effects uh, of his actions on them has really... Been a profound um, moment of growth for for Ben and uh, I love hearing him talk about it because it's just it's powerful stuff because I know it comes from both a love of people but also a love of country.
3: You know some people say they're a sports junkie, I say I'm a politics junkie. The heart of the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. We live in the greatest democracy in the world and I feel like a big problem is there's a lot of people today that are willing to discount the idea that America truly is a great country hard work can still get you to where you want to go. You just might have to work harder. And it's like, I think about me, right? Like I'm an amputee, right? Like it is not fair that I am missing my legs. I am put at a disadvantage that most other people do not have to deal with. But like, clearly I've been reasonably successful. And it's like, I've had to work harder and I've had to work to overcome that. And the more we keep focusing on these other factors like race or gender or disability you now and the less we pen it to individual failings i think that's a very very bad thing for this nation and like i think like we're individuals right like i don't think of myself as white i think of myself as ben feinstein american right
0: <laughs> future president <laughs> yeah
3: we'll see
5: yeah i mean i'm not going to put words in his mouth and also uh, we can link to the article that uh, i saw it would think it was back in august but I, essentially, what I took from was that he's looking at, he's going to leave politics. He wants to serve his country in other ways, which he already mentioned in the film, if I recall correctly, about maybe even working for, say the CIA or the Department of Defense or some, something like that. But mm. um, uh, I think maybe that's the lesson. I mean, you know better than me, but part of the lessons he's learned learned from this. Um, I mean, what, what struck you? the most as you observed this week unfold? Is this really, is Boy State really a microcosm of, um, you know, America's polarized politics?
1: I think um, I want to go back to something you said too, which is, you know, p- some people watch the film and have sort of a terrified response. And, and I think the film creates the space for people to bring their own feelings about this particular political moment, maybe their own feelings about being in high school. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, we're, the film is not prescriptive. Um, we're not providing answers. Um, and I think that, you know, maybe because it's released by A24 and Apple, of course A24 is known for their, well, films like Moonlight, but also films like Hereditary, their horror films. They sort of see the horror side. And, and I think, maybe they choose to overlook what to us is incredibly inspiring and and that's voices um, like Stevens and like Renee's, these young men of color who are coming to power have been denied a seat at the table politically in our country um, or sort of structurally disadvantaged in their political system. Um, And they are coming to power now. And you see that happening in the film. And I think that, um, you know, by failing to recognize their voice, I think you're overlooking something really powerful and important. Um, and I think, look, we, we are happy to make a film that embraced it all. Like I said, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And to recognize that, you know, a, 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 I think a work, a, a work of art sort of creates a space where people kind of can bring their own, re- you know, projection into the conversation. And and that's um to us exciting. To some people who expect documentary to be a little more orthodox, a little more kind of cut and dried, a little mm-hmm. more like work of agitprop, they're like, wait a minute. But um for us, that's exciting nonfiction
5: storytelling. Yeah. I mean I think it's I, I think it's hopeful in so many I mean, if put my own personal views onto this, but I, I think it's hopeful in so many more different ways. I mean, it's not just about uh in my view, not just about Steve Garza and Renee Otero, but uh, the other two main ones, Robert McDougall, I mean, you could see him growing up in front of your eyes in just that one week. Um, ben, I mean, all these, all these boys. I mean, it'd be very easy to just waste away their summers. Um, they come to the, they, you know, I did. Uh, they could they come to this thing. Uh, there's a lot of um, not ashamed of showing emotion to with each other and. You know, being very upfront, uh people telling Steve how much they respect him for what he's achieved in just that one week. I mean, it's um mm-hmm. um uh, the the guy who ends up winning. I mean it's um he's the son of Italian immigrants. I mean it's it's kind of an it's a it's 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 all there. I think it's um I guess where I'm getting to is I I saw something recently. I I'm talking too much, but uh I saw a focus group with Frank Luntz, who's the uh, Republican um, pollster, but it was a group on the LA Times, it was a bunch of undecideds, pretty much across the board, said they were ashamed of politics as it now stands. Um, and I thought it was riveting watching, actually, if you if anyone gets a chance. Uh, it says a lot about what many Americans face in terms of, of US politics and elections. But then I saw this, only a few days later, I watched this, and I find it... Uh, extremely uplifting um, all the v- bravado notwithstanding mm-hmm.
0: I think that's part of it actually I mean I, I think the, the whole point of sort of um, well anyway we are optimists we come and we see what we see and I think you know it's all fair, whatever people experience watching this film. And it may change day to day, depending on where you're situated on that hope to spare spectrum because of this current election. I mean, I get it. Uh, and, but, but to me, what's so fascinating is like, there is a lot that we saw at voice state that ref that is reflected, um, in national politics that is, um, very aggravating, terrifying wrong, um, you know, racism, uh, Uh, you know, jingoism, demagoguery. I mean, all these things, bias, all of that stuff appeared at Texas Boy State and and groupthink and mob mentality and unruly gallery. I mean, all of it is just part of the system and you can't not look at it because it's not going anywhere. That's sort of how I feel about it. Um, And what's so great is someone like Stephen and someone like Ray, Renee, they're not naive in their hopefulness. Um, they see it all. And then the question is, what do you do now?
1: But I think you're right to recognize Robert too. I mean, it, not to exclude them. And, and Ben, is, as we've talked about, has had a moral awakening. Robert comes to know himself in a pretty profound way and, and redeems himself. You think he's a bit of a cad, but he's actually a much more thoughtful person. And um, I think what they all have in common, which we also like, is that they throw themselves into the process. They are not on the sidelines. They are recognizing that democracy is not a spectator sport. It's something that sort of, I think we all grew up feeling that it was it was gonna take care of itself, that it would heal itself. And I think Trump's exposed of the vulnerabilities of our system that it's ultimately built on goodwill and good intentions and good people. And it's only as good as you know people make it. And so, um, I just like that these guys all throw themselves in into this process of boy state. They continue to be active in political life in different, in different ways, ways yeah. robert's at west point he'll he 'll be in the military for the next eight years or more um, and Ben is going to maybe he 'll work for the CIA. bless him um, and these you know R- R- renee and and stephen are are going to find different pa- are finding different paths stephen's actually working on a campaign now in in Austin. Wendy Davis is running for Congress, and he 's helping her get elected good for him so that to me is hopefully what um, young people can connect with too. Is um, you know re- wherever you sit on the political spectrum, you know a reminder that you know you 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 need to not just be um, active, but you need to understand this process of democracy and to find your role in it. Not just voting too; it's more yeah. than
5: that. Yeah, I think I think that's a, I think that's a very good point. Um, I mean, Amanda, you you also referred to this. I mean, the 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 B word comes up. Bi- bipartisanship shows up in the in the film a few times, which seems like so '70s or '80s. I don't know how long you have, far back you have to go now to really get a feel for when we used to have bipartisanship. But, uh, um, and you know, these these kids are just, in that sense, just you know, the only lessons they've known. Certainly, their entire years have just been dominated by increasing polarization. It's not just something that happened in 2016. Um, I mean, do you think this film provides a way, way forward? What is, what is the, uh, the lasting message or takeaway?
0: Oh. <laughs> um, I think you're right that whoever wins this presidential election, it doesn't mean that polarization is going to end. Um, Anytime soon, we still have to figure out ways to talk to one another without viewing the other side as the, as your sworn enemy. Um, and I think that you're right, that one thing that's energizing about young people is this kind of, um, commitment to, or they know that the adult state, as it were, has kind of, um, failed them on some level in- getting, being able to talk through or work through any of these very major existential threats that they in particular face, whether it's climate crisis or gun violence or systemic racism. These are things that are so big that we're going to have to get our act together all hands on deck to really tackle them. Um, I think, you know, what Jesse was just saying that kids like these I I do feel my takeaway every time I watch the film being excited by their level of engagement, Um, you know, and it wasn't just them. There were plenty of other kids in that group that we just didn't follow, but they, they, they are committed to, they know that you cannot um, sit still. I think
1: they're hungry for models of, of inspired leadership. Mm. And, And whether they come in the form of Stephen Garza or somebody of a much more advanced age, I think they're still powerful. And I, We've been sharing the film on college campuses across the country for the last couple of months, and it's it's kind of great to make a documentary that young people can connect with. Um, we watched, we showed the film at the premiere to our teenage daughter, and to have an intergenerational conversation. But I think um, people see to go back to Steven for a second. You know, a way that he manages to walk a tightrope uh, in in holding on to his principles but also being open and hearing and uh, valuing the perspectives of the people who sit on the other side um, of that divide. And I think we just need to see more examples. I don't think we're naive. It's not simple. It's not easy. It's never been more rancorous, but it's been at times violent in our country. But um, but the power of, of a voice like Stevens in a room like that is evident in the film, that he can summon these people, this rabble to their better angels. These are not abstract words. You see and feel the power of his oratory. This is, you know, a boy who we expected nothing from. And um, so that, that, um, that's great.
0: Because that's what politics is at its best, right? To be able to make union between people who are different and that is really what it is, what is the potential of it when it's done at its best. And obviously we've seen what happened at its worst, yeah. so. Um,
1: I love that that moment, there's a small moment in the film when Stephen is trying to get enough signatures on his ballot to qualify for governor and a, a boy, he's approached a boy in this big auditorium and he, he says, will you sign my petition? And the boy says, well, what's what's the purpose of a politician? Uh, and, and there's something to that effect. And Stephen says to serve others and not yourself. And as if we needed to be reminded, you know. But it's it's out of the mouths of
5: babes, as they say.
3: <laughs> Very
1: much
5: so. I don't know. I find that reassuring. I, I did too, and I felt that whole you. You know, we. Everyone should just watch the film. That's a lot of times we get uh, on these podcasts. We go a lot more into the plot, but I wouldn't didn't want to do that. I think it's it's one that you just want to go into and just start watching. It's a it's a brilliant film. Um, but I, that did strike me too. This whole this whole struggle he has just to get those thirty signatures. I mean, there's been a lot. There's a lot of great talented people out there who've just not been able to get over that simple hurdle, who potentially could be amazing uh, leaders, you know. And um, mm-hmm. um, and his struggle, and also how he, I, I I thought that was how well you captured that was him him reaching out. He always sat down, very personable. He took it. he's, he's not some big charismatic personality in the way some a lot of people would think of leadership, I guess. But he is on a one to one basis, he knows his strengths, he comes in, you know, he's only 17. My God, when I was 17, I couldn't do anything like this. But he goes in there, just really connects with each person and says, I want to know what you want, you know, Uh, and not in a, I'm just going to do what the the public, you know, the the majority wants and follow opinion polls or whatever. He really does indeed care what, what people are looking for. Um, no, it's,
1: it's in, he's pure of spirit. Um, I think he, he was very helpful in anchoring us through that
0: tumultu- our North Star. <laughs> tumultuous
1: experience. Um, he kept us
4: grounded. But I've had to listen to people who have said things that I vehemently opposed and disagreed with.
0: We agree that we do need to hope to identify illegal immigrants for their own safety, as much as for the safety of the nation.
4: But I listen with an open mind.
3: So I propose a law to where law enforcement can still use drones out of their line of sight.
4: There are a lot of people that I've met that have different lives than I have. Their upbringing, what issues affect them. Next thing we know, there were gunshots and everything. It happened in the art hallway. So concealed carry, I feel, is here to stay, because in my hometown, Rolling Oaks Mall was shot up, but someone with a concealed carry license was able to fly back. People don't like the word compromise, but there's so many things that we've been able to come to agreements upon. Background checks. This is nonpartisan. We are simply making sure that guns do not fall into the hands of those who will use them to harm other people.
5: So, so now that you've been through all this, um, boys, girls, state, thumbs up, thumbs down, do you, what do you think of the, the project?
0: Well, TBD on Girl State. We're gonna film a Girl State sequel. Well, we call it. Have to ask Call that. it a sibling. <laughs> I should. <laughs> it has to be as good. We love all our children. Um, and uh, so I don't. I, I yes. I mean, I think that there's a lot to question. I mean, I don't know. I feel I'm pretty pro boy state. Given that the learn by doing. Experience of it is really vivid for, for, for certainly the kids that we closely followed in our anecdotal sort of. Um, I mean, we're happy to experience. call out
1: the inadequacies of the program, the ways in which it does not truly mm-hmm. represent the diversity of That's a problem. This, Texas yeah. uh, or other states. Um, the, the, the institution needs to change and is changing with the times. Certainly, the guys we met in Texas who run it are working hard to reach out and make sure that they do mirror the face of modern Texas, and not the Texas of the 1950s. You feel that a little bit in the film. They're a little bit old fashioned. Um, We're also not here to promote the program, but I think what we do value, whether it's this program or other programs, are spaces in American life where where people of different politics can come together face to face. And there are very few of them. They're rarer still, even within families. you know, you find these divisions that are kind of unbridgeable. And I think we need to value the ones we have, find new, new ones. And, you know, so much of our interactions are now mediated right through social media. And I think that's what attracted us to voice state is analog as it is, is I think part of its value is you, you really get to know these people around you and, um, so that's you know we're not again we're not here to endorse the program but I think we do recognize what's incredibly valuable about it and what can be changed. Okay. Maybe we'll have people state as Stephen says in the film why not people state <laughs> boys and girls making government together that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah,
5: and then he quick yeah he quickly backtracks and says I'm just memeing you. Uh, but uh, yeah. but uh, you know I mentioned this my my. Teenage daughter. I, I'm hoping she'll watch the film. She'd heard about it. She'd seen some clips, and she's like, "I just think it's a really bad idea to have a bunch of teenage boys all together doing something <laughs> like that." You know, it's just kind of. Uh,
1: <laughs> I really want to know what teenage girls think about the movie. I want to have like a focus group of
5: teenage girls. Oh. Um, if if you want if you want to essentially a British American uh, teenage girls view, then I can volunteer my daughter. Um, <laughs> I don't want to make uh, her a her guinea pig. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, films that usually. Do that uh, go get chosen for Sundance and let alone ones that win the jury prize usually go on to Oscar nominations. What do you what do you think about that? You uh or do you think about time. that?
0: Oh yeah, one day at a time. No,
5: you know, I mean I think that there's
0: so many great films um this yeah, year. It's really one indeed. of those years for documentary, um which is great for the world, yeah. frankly. So well
5: yeah. Um I mean that that raises a good point you you guys are you're experienced documentarians i mean is this i've asked this question before is this is this a golden age of documentary i mean it, it's it is pretty amazing what's happened the last few years
1: you know we we've it's a good time um and yeah. but we've we've been able to make work independent work that we're proud of that you know i'll hold up still um for twenty five years and we've just found ways to to do it um it, I think that streaming platforms are, have really accelerated what's possible. Um, and, um,
0: it's also I've, increased the access to documentaries. So you have a, a big audience now, which is uh, a exciting. global audience yeah. is
1: exciting. Um, yeah. certainly not to, you know, some. I mean, yeah. Um, I think it's, it's a very dynamic time in nonfiction. And I think the form is also breaking open in, in always in new, new and exciting ways. Um, so, um, Yeah. Um, Yes,
0: films being told in all different manners, which is really what you—that's that's that's a healthy um, art form that uh, people don't feel constricted by any kind of rules. I think the
1: uh, the like the limited series, the streaming limited series, that folk that sort of really drills down into one story, but gives it a big canvas. mm -hmm. And there's always the hazard that you sort of draw it out too much, and by the eighth episode, you've like you've run out of gas. But but I think that that recognizing that there are just some stories that demand more screen time is, is a great, opens up great possibilities.
5: Okay. Well, I recognize that I think my time, speaking of time, that our time together <laughs> is drawing to a close, uh, mainly because I there was an accident on the A64 between York and Leeds this evening. So uh, my apologies, but I just wanted to, um, one last thing. Uh, you mentioned Girl State, but any other projects that you would like to mention?
1: We have a secret political film that's a kind of sequel to Boy State but in a very different way that um, we're, we're, we're finishing and we hope will come out sometime early in 2021 and I can't say anything more about that
5: but there is a really interesting relationship between the projects I really look uh, forward to hearing more about that <laughs> and if I haven't, we haven't scared you off we'd love to have you back on um, so uh, just thank you once again um, Amanda and Jesse uh, for, for coming onto the podcast uh, really appreciate it. Uh, Amanda McBain, Jesse Moss, co-directors and producers of Boy State, Apple TV Plus, or in the UK, at least last I checked, Curzon Cinemas. Uh, thanks to, well, to our listeners. And to, a shout out to This Is Distorted Studios in Leeds, England. And please remember to like us and share us with your friends and family wherever you happen to listen or watch podcasts. And if, in your, if you're in the US, Please go out today if you're listening to this on day one of the p- release and uh, and vote. Uh, and this is Factual America
2: signing off. You've been listening to Factual America. This podcast is produced by Almo Pictures, specializing in documentaries, television and shorts about the USA for international audiences. Head on down to the show notes for more information about today's episode, our guests and the team behind the podcast. Subscribe to our mailing list or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Alamo Pictures. Be the first to hear about new productions, festivals showing our films, and to connect with our team. Our homepage is alamopictures.co.uk.